Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, Patrick. How's it going, my friend? Pretty good, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful, cold day out. Very November-y here. But yeah, all in all, we're... It's pretty... Doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. Nothing too exciting. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving week, so... Kids have school today and tomorrow, and then off for the week. Fun times. <laughs> Kyla's already out. Her last day was Friday. Okay. Cool. Well, I know Metro's got a longer Christmas break. So, um, then a lot of other places. And it's right about that. Might be, it might be a little bit more. I don't know. I gotta look at, look at the planner again. But I know it was longer than Wilson County's break was. So, yeah. but yeah, all in all, uh, they're getting excited. And uh, but yeah, it's uh, things are going pretty good. You know, we're uh, getting closer to. Closer to time for him to test for his solid orange belt and coming up the first full week of December. And yeah, Grayson's got to dance tomorrow, but not, uh, but not Wednesday. So, and then she's got a dance recital that'll be coming up soon for Christmas. All in all, pretty good, man. Yeah. Kind of a chill week here. So we're, Nothing too exciting. <laughs> yeah, same here. Just, you know, the normal routine of work and basically it. Just <laughs> trying to stay away from any issues. That's about it. <laughs> Agreed. And York's birthday is in two weeks. So, big 11 coming right up. So, officially a preteen. Oof. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's it's good. It's all good. I'm all set. I already got all this stuff ready. So no worries there. Um So what you been watching? Anything? Um I started finally watching the Wu Tang show on Hulu. I watched the first two episodes last night. And I've got two more episodes to finish in the Arcane League of Legends show on Netflix. Okay. And um, let's see. I thought there was something else I started watching. I'll remember it at some point. you remember when it's uh, no, on? I started watching the, the OA on Netflix also. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. First season? Yes. Okay. From about maybe four episodes in. Yeah. That first episode, I was like, man, that's the longest cold open there because it took right. a while to get to the first credits. I'm like, oh, there's the credits. There you go. Maybe <laughs> but, uh, they're just not doing them. Yeah. But it's, it's good so far. Yes, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the first season more than the... enjoyed the first season more than the second season. But, yeah. But, yeah, it's, but it's still good. Uh, why am I drawing a blanker in name? Brett Marling, is that her name? I think it's the one that's in that. 
And then uh, Phyllis Smith from The Office was also in it. So it was great to see her in something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So very. No, it's a good show. I started watching both the animated and the live action versions of Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. I watched the first seven. I mean, there's 10 episodes of, of each uh, animated and live action. I've made it in seven episodes into the animated, but then I kind of want to start the live action. Yeah. Um, and I like both. Like they're carbon copies of each other, but the live action is about 15 minutes or so, roughly 10 or 15 minutes longer mm-hmm. than the animated. And it's done really well. It's like a very well, it basically the, it's as if they, the, uh, they have a love for it. like whoever decided that they wanted to translate the show or the excuse me wanted to translate it from translate it from animated to live action had a real love for it and you yeah. get I mean, and it shows Chris yeah. Reyes there we go Chris Reyes yeah. I did watch the first episode of the live action, then I watched the first episode of the anime. I was like, okay, that's pretty spot on. I just thought the action in the live was a little clunky, but other than yes. that, it was good. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. And, like, I love the chemistry between um, John Cho's character and uh, Spike Spiegel and Mustafa Shakir's Jet Black. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like how they play off of each other. It's done in that kind of buddy cop kind of way. It's, yeah, it's a, uh, no, it's good. I, I really enjoy it and really kind of helps with the flow and the pacing of the story. Mm-hmm. And Daniela, uh, Pineda's, uh, Faye Valentine, also a great character. Like they translated those perfectly. Like it's, I have no gripes about it. It's very entertaining. It's very fun to watch. I mean, it's yeah, just good sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, very, very impressed. And I'm six episodes, yeah, six episodes in a live action out of ten episodes and seven episodes animated. And the animated it is dubbed, so you don't like seeing on Netflix and feel like it's going to be um, like it, like it'll just be subtitled, which is not a bad thing either. But you can like that is one of those like deciding factors on whether or not you're going to watch anime or not it is dubbed so yep but that's pretty much all i've been watching um yeah i guess that's about it um shall we get into it i guess yeah yeah rock and roll all right feature presentation you want to give the rundown this time all right, so we checked out Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is the the, the, the sequel to the uh, second one. What was it eight, 1988 when Ghostbusters 2 came out? God, that sounds about right. Um, this was uh, released November 19th, so this past Friday. Runtime of two hours and four minutes. Directed by Jason Reitman, who's the son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the first two Ghostbusters and starring <clears throat> Carrie Coon as Callie Spengler, uh, Wolf 
uh, Finn Wolfhard, which we've known from Stranger Stranger Things series, and um, got McKenna Grace, Paul Rudd, uh, Logan Kim, Celeste O'Connor, and then yeah, even Bo King Woodbine makes an appearance in this. Yep, I bet that. <laughs> yeah. All I picture him is from the big hit. <laughs> or here lately, he's like the evil Dave Chappelle. <laughs> right, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the synopsis per IMDb, uh, when a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather left behind. <clears throat> so... Yeah, basically, mom's not good with money, and they're on the verge of losing their their dwelling. Um, haven't paid the rent, and the landlord is like, you know, you're leaving. I'll wait till you leave, and then I'll we'll change the locks and all this and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, her dad passed, and he left an old rundown house in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> basically. But uh, they call him dirt farmer. Yep, dirt farmer. And um. So the kids think, well, the oldest kid, um, <clears throat> Trevor, thinking that they're only going to be there for a week. But she's like, eh, I think we're going to stay because we don't have a house to go back right. to, basically. And, um, you know, so they got to adjust to this this new living. And then uh, Callie's daughter, Phoebe, of course, she's very much, I guess she's, a, she's the brain. She likes science. She loves she, science. <laughs> yes. Yes. Should be at Megs with York for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and so you know it's a bit of a change. Um, so I guess they're coming in kind of like toward the end of the school year because she's in summer school, where Paul Rudd's Gary Gruberson is the teacher, and he basically brings in the TV and plays movies while he sits in the back office and just leaves it be. Um, but you know. Phoebe takes notice to, that he's uh, into keeping up with uh, seismic activities. You know, he's a seismologist, which he's like, how do you know that? <laughs> you know, right. But, um, you know, summer schools for the dumb kids. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you here? <laughs> but um, they kind of kind of gets kind of jail off of that, basically. And then Trevor gets him a job at the local burger joint because he kind of likes the uh, lucky character. By Celeste Carter, and um, you know, it's 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 you know, it's kind of um, I know that's like being moving to a new neighborhood and having yeah. to go to a different school and all that, and but um, you know, we see things start to unravel about this town and what their grandfather and Callie's dad was doing. You know, she's was never close to him because he just kind of abandoned. She took it as abandonment, and um. And, you know, Phoebe doesn't know much about her grandfather, but she starts learning by finding different clues. And, and of course, this is a Ghostbusters movie. You got a ghost <laughs> playing chess with her. Yep. <laughs> and, um, but it, but it's not a ghost that you can see. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you just see the pieces move. You don't actually see the ghost yeah. and moving the pieces. There we go. You just know there's a presence. Apparitions. <laughs> yes. There we go. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know what else to say without, I don't want to spoil anything, but, um, well, they go to a cave and you can, and discover that, um, 
there are ruins with statues to a to a god and it looks like something right out of like a like a a pyramid stuff like that that you would find or from that era but it's in the middle of oklahoma by a mountain and all these earthquakes yeah you know like i said all these earthquakes start happening we don't know why you know they don't know why yeah because they're not on a fault line they're nope yeah, Oklahoma's not on fault line. Missouri is. Oklahoma is not. That much I know for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so they're trying to figure out where all these. But most of the town folk are just kind of just roll with it. I you mean, know, they're not. You know, got other stuff trying to go on. Get small town. They're you know try are all about that small town living. Yeah. Um. But they. Uh, yeah, some things start happening, and in doing so, while at the house and not really having like they could barely keep the electricity on. So there's not like a TV or, you know, video games or anything really to keep them entertained. So they find, you know, they start exploring around the house and around the, around the garage and everything, start finding things that their grandfather had left behind or, you know, kind of, and discovered that obviously one of the, you know, one of the their grandfather was one of the four Ghostbusters, and because they find the car, and like I'm not telling you anything that's not already in one of the two, ter- one or the two or three trailers out there, sure. and so they start trying to figure out all the stuff because they don't know anything because it's been 30 years, yeah, or more. I'm trying not to age myself too much, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's been over 30 years so most kids don't know about it or if they know anything about it, it's what they've either read or seen on youtube it's nothing that they live through whereas paul rudd's character you know remembers it as a kid and remembers it happening and so he's kind of he's got all this knowledge about it and fascination with it so yeah and you know somehow some way monsters get released ghosts get released and yeah this movie is really funny it's got that sharp wit and comedy chops from the original two movies um it connects very well to at least the first movie it yeah second one i mean still does but it you know you get your cameos um like uh, annie potts's janine shows up and you hear in one of the trailers, you could hear uh, Ray Stance, you know, by played by Danny Aykroyd, his voice answering the phone. Yeah. And, you know, you you get all those things. It has such a good payoff. It really does a good job of showing respect to the original, you know, Ghostbusters movie. It was directed by, this one was directed by Jason Reitman. The original was directed by his dad, Ivan mm-hmm. Reitman. Like it's just that full circle, <laughs> I guess you could say. Yeah. And so you know that directing this movie, Jason Reitman was gonna handle this as if it were his own kid, you know, with the delicate, nurturing way a parent would <laughs> with a project like this. I mean, it felt and, like it was handled well. Like it was like it was handled with care. Like they they cared about this and they wanted to make it good. 
not necessarily lean on the nostalgia, but they want to use it right to give you that connection. Yeah, you know? and it, and they and then they did it perfectly. Yeah. Like they didn't they didn't try to like ram the like ram the nostalgia down your throat like say like Ready Player One did. Like it was just yeah. here, have more, here, have more, here, have more. Yeah. Just you know, they let, it breathe, they let it breathe, you know, and have it, you know, let it have a life of its own. And they didn't put it in there just to put it in there. Like, each each thing from the original movie that was placed in this movie served a purpose. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just, again, just there just so they could say, they, you know, just so they could put it in there. Just running by the numbers, wasn't that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, and... Uh, <laughs> Interesting piece of trivia. So Jason Reitman, the director of this movie, was in Ghostbusters 2 as the kid who tells Ray that, according to his dad, the Ghostbusters are, quote, full of crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean. That's. uh, Yeah, I, I. So I took we did it for Family Movie Night Friday. Everybody loved it. Like yeah. Grayson loved it. She got a couple of scared, a couple of parts, but not, I mean, not like terrified, but just like, yeah. I don't like those things kind of scared. Yeah. And then, um, I think she gets more creeped out watching the Morbius trailer. Cause that's two weeks in a row. We've watched the Morbius trailer <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? This movie creeps me out too, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, um, but yeah, Ruth loved it. York, yeah, said he'd go see it again. And he's not really that kid. Yeah. That he's kind of like, you know, if he watches it once, he's fine. Like he's yeah. my dad and stepmom in that kind of way. And not really me. There's used to be when he was younger, more movies that he would watch over and over. Now it's like he, if, after he sees it once, he, and, although we did watch Shang-Chi a second time. So when I do find one, like when he does tell me that he would like to watch or rewatch this or didn't have a problem if we, we, you know, watch something a second time. Um, I know that's, I know he li- really likes it. Yeah. So he, you know, he, he definitely said he'd go rewatch that again. Hell, even Ruth said she'd go back and watch it again. And I mean, it's kind of hard for me to get her to go to the movies, much less go see the same one again. So that, and yeah, and Grayson liked it too. So it, it just, I don't know. You just come out of there just happy. Like yeah. you just leave the theater happy that you saw this and that it was so worth the wait. Yeah. Like I was excited. Like I was excited for this movie. Yeah. But I wasn't like counting down the days, but I was excited that it was coming out. And then after I left, I'm like, this was so good. Like I'm so glad we went to this. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle and I went to see it, and um, because I asked her if she wanted to check it out, and she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> so, I, it's like I sent her a text, and she's like, "Well, I was about to ask you the same thing." I'm like, "All right," <laughs> so we're on the <laughs> same page. And um, even though she did like the original more, which you know, I guess you can say that's the best one, but um, she did enjoy this one. She liked this one a lot, and um, I did too. I mean, it, it kind of had me in my my feelings a little bit. And I wasn't mad about it. <laughs> wasn't mad about it yeah um then there was one part where you know, when they went to the, the cave and they saw the sculptures and the different numbers and it was going through the dates i had a leonardo dicaprio moment because there was one of the dates 1908 and uh-huh. i was like i know what that references 
because I just finished reading a book on antimatter. Oh, okay. And it references the the um, the Tunguska Siberia event in 1908, and I was like, oh wow, I wasn't expecting. Like after I read it, I like yeah. I was okay, I just read it done, then watched this. I'm like, wow, something I actually read is referenced in this, and I know what to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah. It was a cool read. I still don't understand everything that they were talking about as far as quantum physics and all that, but it was still yeah. interesting to read. Oh yeah. But um but yeah, it's but yeah, I was just like, wow. All right. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh, and uh most oh, not most importantly, but important to remember for those that have not seen this yet. There is a mid credit scene and a end credit scene to the movie so be sure to stay all the way through for sure everybody was in a theater they left i'm like what y'all doing i mean i know this is a marvel but we left after the mid after the mid credit scene because kids need to use the bathroom yeah i wasn't gonna make them hold on just over two hour movie yeah go yeah and so uh knowing full well that there was a mid one there's probably a final one too but also, we could probably look it up as well, and that's what yeah. we ended up doing. That's what Ruth ended up doing. She's like, "There was yeah. an end one." It's like, "Yeah, figured there would be." <laughs> if there was a mid one. I'm assuming there would be an end one. Yeah. Yep. So, be sure to stay for both of those. It's worth it. So for sure. And then, uh, I don't know if it'd be an interesting tidbit, but uh, Annie Potts, uh, my mom went to school with her back in the day. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. How about that, Franklin, Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. No, I love Annie Potts. I think she's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, like, I don't know what more I can say that, like, everything from the, pra- I mean, the, from the awesome use of practical effects mixed with CGI and not heavily relying on that, I yeah. think adds so much texture and, adds just so much just realism to it because even with cgi being as good as it is this day and age there's still just something about a a movie with more that's more fun when it has practical effects too yeah and i think that's why the four that's why i think like force awakens is so good is because it got away from the prequels that relied on just CGI at the wazoo. Yeah. So when you, they brought it back and incorporated the practical effects mixed with the CGI, it just added so much more to it and flushes out the locations, flushes out the characters, and just makes things better. So, uh, yeah. I, I was, yeah. Uh, definitely go see this movie. Definitely go see it with your family. So even if you don't, I mean, I don't even know. I can't, it'd be hard for me to tell somebody that doesn't like the Ghostbusters movies to go see it. Cause if you don't like them, I guess you're probably not going to like this one either, but maybe you will. I don't know, but it's so much fun. It's, I don't understand why this didn't come back out. Why this didn't come out in August. Cause it's such a summer popcorn movie. Unless you're just trying to get that Thanksgiving money, I guess. True. I'm surprised come out there in October, you know, yeah. Halloween and all that. But, right. But, yeah. All right. 
Let's see here. Oh, I guess I'm first this week. Um, so sticking with kids movies or at least family movies. I knew I was going to watch this. <laughs> I knew there was no escaping it. And I, and to be honest, I told my family, I do not. There's a lot of Christmas movies already out on Netflix. I'm not talking about them till December. I'm yeah. not watching them until December. I am not that person. And I guess Grayson heard me tell Ruth that. And so when I suggested Saturday night that we watch uh, Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney Plus, she's like, but Daddy, it's a Christmas movie. And you said you don't watch Christmas movies until December. Good memory. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, great. You can read my text messages now. And you're remembering things that really had no con, really no not worth remembering. As you to go put your pajamas on and brush your teeth, that apparently slips your mind. Gotcha. <laughs> Anyways, I said, you know what? But for you, I'll make an exception because I know you want to, you know, because I know you'll want to watch it. So, and she's, so we did. Um, so, Home Sweet Home Alone, not a sequel, just part of the part of the. Home Alone universe, I guess. Um, it uh, it came out Friday. Basically, this version of Home Alone, a married couple tries to steal back a valuable heirloom from a troublesome kid, is the most basic plot. Like they didn't even bother trying to actually figure it out. So, the so Home Sweet Home Alone stars Ellie Kemper from The Office and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Rob Delaney who played Peter from uh, from Deadpool two, two I think it is yeah, um, Archie Yates who was in JoJo Rabbit he played his friend, um, as uh, Archie Yates plays Max Mercer. Uh, Aisling B plays his mom, Carol Mercer. Kenan Thompson gets a cameo. Uh, Timothy Simmons gets a cameo. Or I guess not really cameo. He plays, um, he plays Uncle Hunter. And uh, Allie Mackey plays May. Pete Holmes, comedian Pete Holmes, also starred the show Crashing. And the podcast, uh, I got a trying to blank on this podcast. Ah. Anyways, I really like films. Chris Parnell, like a bunch of like Saturday Night Live alums, and Andy Daly, and plays an uncle. Mikey Day plays the priest. Mikey Day also wrote the script for this, and that's same Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live. Um, and Little, Little Esther Pavitsky, also another, and Jim Rash, there's just a bunch of people that have like small roles in this. So the gist is uh, Max and his mother, Carol, they're both Brits um, are driving home and Max really has to use the bathroom. So they basically swing into this house that has like an open house um, showing. uh, And that's, Ellie Kemper and Rob Delaney's house because they're trying to sell their house because they're, you know, they're just having a hard time, I guess, trying to keep it. So they're trying to sell it. 
and uh, to pay off some debt and everything. So they, uh, so they are Jim and, or sorry, Jeff and Pam McKenzie. They go stop at their house to go use the bathroom and everything. Jeff's having to go to the closet to go get some water out, you know, to give to the you know people uh, stopping by to see the house. And while Carol is waiting on Max to come out of the bathroom, she sees that Jeff has his box of like what I would refer to as creepy dolls. <laughs> Yeah. Um, one of them is like a a boy wearing like uh, it looks like an Irish golfer's outfit. If you can kind of picture that in your brain, but his head's on upside down, yeah. so it's so the hat is on his chin essentially. And it's, anyways, and they, you know, she talks about Carol talks about how she watched. One of those shows, like antique shows, where they appraise things, and she saw one of those on there, and that uh, they're actually worth quite a bit of money. And that one in particular is a rare one, so you know they should really hold on, you know, you know, kind of hold on to it, or you know, if they're or see what they can get. Yeah. And Jeff and, and then when Max comes out of the bathroom. The two, him and Jeff, kind of go back and forth. They kind of have this banter. That's kind of a, I don't know. It's not like a teasing kind of banner. Like they're, for whatever reason, mean to each other about stupid things. Um, and so when uh, Jeff leaves, you see a shot of Max looking down at the dolls. And then, you know, throwing the car and they're leaving. Whatever. Yeah. Later, you know, later... Uh, Oh, and for whatever reason, I haven't, I never did figure this part out, but Jeff and Pam were trying to uh, not let the kids know that they're selling their house. Which seems odd because there's an open house sign in their yard and people in out of their house. But anyways, they went to the movies, came back, and the realtor was there with, with uh, balloons and stuff like that. So it was kind of, they had to lie about that. It's really a lot of work for to knowledge kids know that you're moving when it's just easier to just break it to them. Yeah. But whatever. Um, late at night, uh, late at night, Jeff's brother Hunter shows up and, you know, they had come for Christmas, but got there obviously in the middle of the night, which is, they weren't expecting until the next day. Right. Hunter and his, you know, has like the perfect wife and the perfect, and they've got like an adopted kid. And, They've got a lot of money, so they're like the polar opposite, you know. They're <laughs> they're like in Christmas Vacation, uh, uh, the neighbors, the kind of yuppies like that. Anyways, they come show up. They have all this money. They're going to all the kids' events. They Jeff realizes that the doll is missing because he looked it up, and it's worth two hundred thousand dollars. So they're going to try and they want to try and sell it, and then they don't have to sell the house. Yeah. Uh, they but he can't find it, so he thinks that Max stole the doll, and there's nothing that shows that they didn't, that he didn't, you know. But he's also there's nothing showing that he did either. It's just you, as the audience, assume that that's what happened. As kind of like he took it, kind of stick it to stick it to Jeff. Yeah, yeah, because he was being a kind of you know he's being mean to him. Um. 
so that sets up essentially the whole them breaking into his house to get that doll back. Is basically the the heirloom because it was supposed supposedly belonged to Jeff's mother before mm-hmm. she died. Um, Max Max has a house full of family members and it's just so loud and annoying. He goes to their car in the garage and watches cartoons and then falls asleep watching cartoons in the car. And that's where he sleeps the rest of the night in the morning. Of course, just like the original, they're scurrying to hurry and get out the door. They're going to Tokyo. And so, um, the parents left on an early, the flights got canceled or got canceled. And the ones that they, the original flight got canceled and they had to do they split to get them rebooked. The family was split. Mm-hmm. So the mom and the, and the mom and dad uh, went on one flight. So the rest of the family went on the second flight, including Max. And so they were hurrying out the door and then realized it wasn't until later that they realized that Max wasn't on the plane, just like the first one. So you know, it shows Max basically living it up at the house and everything, just like in the first one. And I mean, it's very formulaic in, but it tries to pay homage, I guess is a good better way to the first one by simulating a lot of things, but not being like so repetitive. Cause there is kind of nuances in it that like the people breaking in, they're not bad people. They're just trying to save their family. So they made it to where the bad guys are actually like you feel for them. I guess you could say the people breaking in, you can feel for them because there's one scene where you hear Max overhears the two of them saying they're going to break in and because they said the ugly kid could go because they're talking about the doll. The ugly kid could go. They could sell the ugly kid for two hundred thousand dollars. He thinks they're talking about him instead of the doll because. It's reason to believe that he doesn't think that that's what they're talking about or because he doesn't know that that's what they're So there's a uh, misdirection, I guess you could say, in that. And so he's defending his house because he thinks they're trying to kidnap him. Whereas they're just trying to get the doll back. Yeah. This movie is not terrible. <laughs> the best way that because we all watched all three of us. Uh, York was at his mom, so we spared him because um, we didn't think he'd want to watch it, which is why we saw it Saturday night. And um, but it it exceeded our very low expectations. It's a better is the best way for us to put it. Grayson really enjoyed it because it's silly and goofy. Yeah, it's very slap. You know, it's a Home Alone movie, so it's very slapsticky. But it. It had some parts that even I was laughing out loud, you know, that are actually really funny and not just I, you know, just not eye roll moments. Yeah, it's it's got some it's got a heart to it because, you know, obviously you feel for you feel for Max, but you also feel for Jeff and Pam also because everyone's just like trying to do whatever they can. You know, and then the payoff of the end is actually pretty good, like it's not what you would expect from a home alone movie. We'll put it that way. And there is one cameo of a McAllister 
um, from the first movie. I guess from the uh, first two movies this character is in. Um, makes a cameo in this one, but it's not who you think it is. So we'll just say that. And leave that to be a little bit of a surprise. Um, Grayson's watched this twice already. Just FYI. She really likes it. <laughs> yep. And then she put the original on. So after that. So uh, if you've got nothing else to watch, this would be a good one to watch. I mean, it's, it's, you know, adults will like it. Okay. And won't hate it. I'll say that adults will not hate this movie. If their kids watched it or it's a Christmas movie to watch a holiday movie to watch. So it, it's not the worst thing. It is family. It's fairly entertaining. I actually liked it. So surprisingly, surprisingly liked it. So I was bored last night. Uh Oh yeah. So I actually watched it. No kidding. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, Thoughts? But, but yeah, I agree. It's not the worst. I I haven't watched any Halloween Halloween Home Alone movies since the first two. So Same. I haven't, I don't so any of the ones in between. Yep. I don't know anything about them. You and um, me both. But uh, you know, it was different how they switched it up a little bit. Yeah. Where it is a miscommunication where you think, well, if they just kind of sat down and talked to the kid, they can iron this out. But everybody just kind of in their emotions, you know. Yeah, one way to put it, yeah. Yeah, the McKenzie's are trying to save their home so they don't have to sell it because I don't know why. I, I really don't know why they lied. They to never kids. really got into it. So yeah. Just... So it's like, um, you know, they don't want to tell the kids they got to sell the house, which they're gonna find out either way. Yeah. You know, because once they start packing up, stuff, it's like yeah. And then it's almost like they want you to not like the kid Max, almost in a way. But right. you know, unlike with um. Kevin McAllister, who just wished everybody away and just kind of just lived it up. Yeah. At some point, he's just like, eh, you know, this is boring. You know, as annoying as my family is, I miss them. <laughs> you know. Right. It's but, like uh, I've done everything I've wanted to do. Yeah. By myself without anybody here. Yeah. Now, like, kind of missing that. It's like, man. Eh. But um, but yeah, it was, it was. I was surprised. Like my my what, the most laugh I got out of me for, was at the end. When they were trying to, I guess, well, when they were the, the last little moment mm-hmm. when they discover what happened to the doll and they're trying oh, yeah. to that sequence, I, I laughed at that that whole thing. I was just like, okay. Uh, Jeff and Pam trying to climb over the wall was the most relatable thing I think I've ever experienced. I'm like, this is I, this is exactly how this would go if this were me and Ruth. Yeah, literally stepping exactly. over. And then, and then, and then her going, "Oh, there's a, oh, there's a gate." Yeah, that, that too. Yeah, that, that's a. I've never. I was like, I was like, yeah, this is a little bit too relatable. <laughs> I think I, I, this is how this would happen if this were me and Ruth. When they walk to the wrong if house. Were, if it were Jeff, yeah, if it were Jeff and Ruth and not Jeff and Pam. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Walk to the wrong house and backed it on up. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some moments in there that I laugh, and but uh, right that you weren't expecting that. Yeah, you know, it's fairly clever. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. again, low yeah. expectations, but exceeded. I, I watched the pitch meeting for this before watching it, which is probably what prompted me to watch it. <laughs> okay. But um, but yeah, if you get a chance, check that out. It, okay. It's pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, all right, so yeah, um, Home Sweet Home Alone on Disney Plus, one hour and thirty three minutes. Over to you, my friend. Alrighty. So, I happened upon this movie while on iTunes to see if I can find like a cheap movie to buy. This movie ended up being on Tubi TV uh, called Rock and Rolla. Oh, yes. Came out October 31st, 2008. Hour and 54 minutes. This is a Guy Ritchie directed movie. Stars Gerard Butler, Tom Wilkinson, got Tandaway Newton. Which, when I saw her on the <clears throat> cover, like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Strong, Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, got uh, Toby Kibble, um, uh, <clears throat> Jeremy Piven, and then Chris Bridges. Who to Chris? Um, <clears throat> uh, when a Russian mobster orchestrates a crooked land deal, millions of dollars are up for grabs drawing in the entire London underworld into a feeding frenzy at a time when the old criminal regime is losing turf with the, to a wealthy foreign mob. So if you're familiar with Guy Ritchie movies, you know, it's going to be multiple stories that get tied in toward the end. Um, so kind of like everything in the world, you know, you got property that's valued at a certain price. And as time goes by property value goes up or the price goes up. And Idris and Gerald Butler, their uh, characters one, two, and um, Mumbles, they're trying to buy this building, which at one time was a million dollars. Now it's like five, and they're trying to get money for this. At the same time, you have <clears throat> you have Lenny Cole, who's in business with um, Yuri, and so he's trying to help him out, get some property, seven million euros. But it seems like every time Yuri gets ready to play, pay, his money gets stolen because he has a, uh, I guess you could say, a, uh, a mole account. His accountant isn't trustworthy. <laughs> so she tips off the wild bunch, which includes uh, one, two, and Mumbles and uh, Handsome Bob. And so they steal the money. And so Yuri's kind of like, OK, what's going on? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to pay you so we can get this done. One, I've let you borrow my lucky painting that brings me luck. So I want to get this done. But every time I get close to doing this, something happens. So twice, seven million euros are stolen. And he's like, OK, what's what's the what's going on? Um, then as far as um, Lenny goes, he's got an estranged son. That's a rock star that's presumed dead from drowning, which she doesn't actually believe. I don't think anyone really believes it. Right. Um, you know, because you know, the whole thing is musicians or celebrities they're more worth more dead than alive and so um it's like it's a lot of i guess cat and mouse type thing going on yeah it was kind of weird seeing mark strong with hair because i'm used to seeing him bald right (laughs) yeah but um just the it's short it it was it's pretty good it's one of the better guy Ritchie movies that i watched yep and um you know you get to see a younger Gerard Butler and Idris Elba, Tom Hardy, which I was reading on IMDb that this role is what prompted um, Christopher Nolan to hire him for the I think Batman Dark Knight Rises movie. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of no. Well, that one in Bronson. No, no, no. Yeah, it was another. I think I got the movies mixed up, but basically it prompted him to want to get Tom Hardy involved in some of his projects. Yeah, that role. 
Um, I thought it was pretty good. It was entertaining. It's funny. It's yeah. It's that's during that, and that was during that time where Guy Ritchie was making some hit or misses. Mm-hmm. I mean, some may say he's still doing, that, <laughs> still doing that. Um, because this you said this came out in uh, 08. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So <clears throat> to kind of to kind of get uh let people know kind of where he was at in his filmography <clears throat> of movies. Excuse me. So, yeah, he had made Swept Away in 02 with Madonna, and that was a bust. He made uh, Revolver with Jason Statham in 2005, and that was, whew, that, and Ray Liotta, that was a tough one for me to get through. I'm like, this is this is terrible. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so, oh, it's so bad. <clears throat> and then he made Rock and Roll in 08. So he made two trash movies. And then came back with that one and knocked it out. And then after that, went and made Sherlock Holmes. And then the second Sherlock Holmes. <clears throat> and then he made The Man from Uncle, which I've watched twice and still can't, cannot get into. It is so boring. Like, I've never been, other than Revolver, I have not been so bored in a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. I just couldn't, and I just didn't find the characters that interesting. I just didn't care. I watched it twice. I'm like, yeah, still don't care about this movie. <laughs> That's one of those I keep trying to go back to, just hoping I'm going to like it. Yeah. It's just not totally. happening. <clears throat> and then in 2017, he made uh, his King Arthur movie with uh, Charlie Hunnan. Um, That's definitely a take on it. And then, of course, actually, he made. I actually like that one. I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah. The giant elephants and everything's a bit. It's a bit much. It's, yeah. it's definitely not a grounded King Arthur movie. <laughs> it's definitely no. a mythical King, King Arthur movie. Yeah. Uh, then in 2019, he made Aladdin, which we all know our thoughts on on that movie after talking about it. <laughs> um, but he also made The Gentleman in 2019, and we both really liked that one, or liked it. Thought it was good. And then you saw Wrath of Man this year, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I still have not seen it yet. I'll get around to it, though. Yeah. So it's definitely a uh, career of hits and misses. Um, But, you know, kudos to him for trying to not stay in the same box, you know? Yeah. Just making the same thing over and over again. Because you want directors to grow and try different things, see what works, what doesn't. And, you know, he kind of that underworld gangster world is kind of where he flourishes in. True. I believe, at least, you know, when he kind of steps out into that, it, it gets a little iffy, I guess. But, and now he tried to he tried to find a way to make Aladdin seem similar. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, not, not, not quite the same, mm-hmm. but. It's all right, but I'd still, I still will gladly try and, you know, watch whatever he, he puts out. Cause I still, you know, appreciate him as a director. So, yeah. Cool. But yeah, rock and roll is one of my, it's probably what fifth favorite. It's not my most favorite. I think snatch is still my favorite. And then Lockstock. I don't know. No, it's snatch. Sherlock Holmes, Lockstock, 
and then Rock and Roll and, and Second Sherlock Holmes maybe tied. Now Rock and Roll, then Sherlock Holmes, and then probably The Gentleman. Yeah, there you go. Da, 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 da. But, um, but no, I, 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 we had to watch Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels in a film class. So it was awesome. But, uh, and that's that was my introduction into Guy Ritchie. And then when Snatch came out, either later that year or the next year, I was like so on board. I was like, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but, but so this one I, I wasn't planning on talking about, but I started rewatching it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why I thought about it. I, I think just the line popped in my head. I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, so that's, and so I'm like, I haven't seen that. Well, I'm going to go watch it. So I watched 2012's Oscar-winning movie Argo. So I hadn't watched this in a while. I'm like, I'm going to watch Argo. I haven't watched that. I remember really liking it. And I personally love Ben Affleck as a director. Mm-hmm. Love him as a director. I wish he would do more of that. <laughs> more directing, maybe a little bit less acting. Yeah. But like in projects he directs, in which he's also starring in, he does really well. Like he, he directs himself well. <laughs> yes, more or less, which is weird saying that. But you know, I, I really like. I, I just really like this film. I'm like, I, I'm just sitting there watching it, going, "Wow, this movie is so good!" Like it's just, it's like everything from the people in it to the story, like the actual real life story to the script and how sharp and uh, like compelling, but also funny. Like it has like, they at least are able to inject some humor into it so that in all the right places so that, you know, it, it's not just a heavy movie the entire time, you know, the entire way through. Right. But I just, yeah, loved, I mean, I just love this movie. Um, for those that haven't seen it, Argo uh, takes uh, came out in 2012. It is uh, written by Chris Terrio and directed by Ben Affleck. Starring Ben Affleck, Brian Cranston, John Goodman, Alan Arthur, Alan Arkin, Victor Garber, Tate Donovan, Clea Duvall, Scoot McNary, Rory Cochran, Christopher Denham, Carrie Bishi, Kyle Chandler, Chris Messina, uh, Zelchko Ivanek, Titus Welliver, like I, it just goes on. Bob Gunton, Richard Kine, Richard Delane, uh, like a who's who of, uh, it's just, yeah, I'm just so, Philip Baker Hall, like it's just so many amazing actors in this movie. It takes, uh, so basically acting under, the cover of a Hollywood producer scouting a location for a science fiction film, a CIA agent launches a dangerous operation to rescue six Americans in Tehran during the U.S. hostage crisis in Iran in 1979. It's rated R with a runtime of two hours. And it is phenomenal. I, I, I just, I love this movie. I, I can't. 
the acting is amazing. The script is amazing. It's just the pacing is perfect. The it keeps you on your toes. The score is amazing because it really adds a urgency to get these people out. The fact that this actually happened and that this is based on an actual true story <laughs> that they made a fake movie or at least put into production a fake movie to get host- you know to get these people that were at the US embassy to rescue these I think it's not I want to say nine people six people rescue these six people that were basically staying in the Canadian uh, ambassador's house staying in their house and kind of hiding out yeah the fact that they use like they use that to get these people out and then basically tell them hey our plan is we're making a movie you each have you each are going to pretend that you're either an associate producer, a cameraman, a director, um, a location uh, manager, production, you know, uh, yeah. It, it's just in that we're going to have to, oh, and by the way, we have to go out into the open and pretend like we're actually doing this so that there's no, there's no skepticism as to whether or not we're making a movie. Yeah. And to go out and do that <laughs> convincingly, <laughs> convincingly, it's it's wow, wow, it's yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's crazy. I I, I just every like I was watching, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably tell this guy he's full of shit too, and that this is a horrible idea. And they even said this is the best bad idea. Like all our, all of our ideas are bad, but this is the best bad idea that we have. So, but yeah, like, yes, whatever. This is a lie, but it's up to you to convince them that yeah. this is truth. <laughs> uh, man, it's crazy. I definitely recommend if you have not seen this, please watch it. It is so good. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, Argo, fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually what, for whatever reason, that popped in my head about something. And that's like, I haven't watched that in a while. I should go watch this. (laughs) And that's what happened. Um, So, the next two I have are, um, one's pretty low budget movie, but it's got a cool concept and one pretty sure a lot of people have heard of or at least watched uh the first one is monsters of man which is on prime it released uh, december 25th of 2020 runtime of two hours and 11 minutes directed by mark i think it's toa and the only actor in this that i really recognized was neil mcdonough as the major everyone else i mean I, I may not have just just not have watched anything that they're in but uh brett tudor Jose Rosette, Kaylee Tran, which um, nobody else I really recognize. But um, a U.S. weapons manufacturer tests four killer robots on a heroin producers on heroin producers in the Golden Triangle in Southeast Asia, and it goes haywire. So you have these three robots programmers that are brought into a undisclosed location. To test these four prototype robots, 
and they're dropped down into this village via parachute. One of which has a parachute that malfunctions, and when it lands, the hard drive in the back of his head falls out. But the other three are able to follow command and do everything that they program them to. So it starts off just being a simulation to get a contract with the military that's just supposed to be, you know, just a test run. But then they get a, uh, uh, the programmers get another directive to make this a kill mission, basically. And in the small village, you have this Navy SEAL that's hiding out. And then these six doctors that have their vehicle break down that happen to make their way there by chance just by being lost. And they witness these robots come in and just basically annihilate all the villagers just, you know, because of their, their, they're basically AI. And so the yeah. way the, the way the programmers describe it is, yes, they give them the directives on what to do, but they're programmed to kind of make the decision on the best way to handle it, <laughs> you know? So like, even if we tell you to, I guess, um, I guess to kill this person. They're like, well, let me think of the best way to do this. And, you know, they're kind of sentient, sentient in that aspect that where, you know, they'll do things, you know, kind of like they're humans in a way that they mm-hmm. can on their own, even though they're a program. Um, and so the one robot whose um, hard drive falls out, he does have like basic programs where he can still function, but he's basically learning how to do everything from scratch. He encounters one of these, um, I guess, militia, part of the people that are producing the heroin, gets shot at, so he takes the guy out. And then he grabs one of the doctor's tablets that gets left behind, and he just downloads all the information off of that. Kind of like Ultron downloads the internet, and he sees everything. Gotcha. And um, he proceeds to kind of perform an operation on this individual he takes out. He takes the heart out, takes the brain out, it even goes far as to take the skin, the face of the person, and literally puts it up to his face. At this point, I was thinking, like, man, if he puts that face on and starts running around doing whatever he's doing, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. But he doesn't. Yep. He doesn't. <laughs> Does like, a pull a Dwight from the office and right silence like, of the lambs. <laughs> it's like missed opportunity there. <laughs> but um, so. Basically, these six doctors, this Navy SEAL, and a couple of the surviving village members are trying to run away. And while this other robot's basically just learning different things. So these these three are programmed to kill. This one is trying to find this hard drive because he knows there's something I'm supposed to be doing, but I can't do it without this hard drive. And there's a kid there that has it, so he's trying to track him down to get it. Um, it's like a cool concept of a movie, but... Mm-hmm. Two hours and eleven minutes. It's a it's, it, it feels long because halfway through it, I was kind of distracted. And then when I came back to the movie, I'm like, "Dang, it's still going. We got like an hour left." <laughs> but in its, you know, I guess in its defense, it, it was a crowdfunded movie, two million dollars okay. the budget. Oh, okay. And um, considering all the effects and how it was shot, I mean, it seems like it had a little more than two million, but it was it's okay. pretty decent. I think maybe if they had a cast. Like the acting wasn't that great, especially with the doctors. They probably could have got different people to play the doctors themselves. Gotcha. Um, but this is the concept of relying on AI to do things and how it can go haywire. Yes. <laughs> you know, and you know they're trying to cover it up because you got these witnesses, which you know 
three programs weren't signed up. They didn't sign up to do this initially, but now they're they're stuck because if they don't, you know, something will happen to them or their family. You know, it's kind of a crazy thing. I mean, it, it was a cool movie. I just wish it was a little, maybe an hour and a half would have been great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It needed heavy trimming, <laughs> but but it was cool considering the two million dollar budget, crowdfunding, and everything. Yeah. Um. Then I watched Downsizing. Okay. Which came out December 22nd, 2017. Runtime of two hours and 15 minutes. Directed by Alexander Payne. Starring Matt Damon, Christoph Waltz, uh, Hong Cho, Kristen Wiig, and Jason Sudeikis. A social satire in which a man realizes he would have a better life if he were to shrink himself to five inches tall. Allowing him to live in wealth and splendor. So there was a new discovery on how to combat overpopulation and resource management and global warming, which is what they call downsizing, where it shrinks everyone down to where you're, you know, it's kind of like Thanos, but without killing people. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we'll just shrink the whole world and then we'll have abundance of resources because we won't be using as much and then because you know your housing will take up very little space you know you know a hundred thousand dollar home will probably be like still expense maybe twenty thousand or whatever but right. you know your money that you have will have more be more value to your money because yeah. you're, you're spending less and um so you got this married couple in omaha with financial problems and they're um, Safranic. That's their got Paul <clears throat> and Audrey Safranic that kind of like in the Home Alone movie, they're trying to sell their house because they can't afford it anymore. But they get the idea, let's, let's do the downsizing. Let's, let's shrink down so we can take the money that we do have. And then it would it'll be like millionaires, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, um, and of course... <laughs> Uh, Paul's able to finish it, but you know Audrey kind of chickens out at the last minute, and I was like, "Man, that's so messed up, <laughs> so messed up." But you know, he starts living his life, adjusting to everything. Um, prior to this, he wanted to be a um, doctor, but he dropped out of school to care for his mother who was ill. But now works as an occupational therapist, and he's pretty great at it. You know, helps people with their injuries, giving them suggestions on what to do to kind of heal themselves or to, you know, all kind of give them alternative ways to work so they're not hurting as much. But um, this, too, is another like, what if this was to happen? I don't know. I probably would do that. I mean, it'd be kind of cool to. I don't know. The only thing I'd be worried about downsizing is, you know, when it rains and. That'd be some heavy, heavy floods, <laughs> right? That's like I was just like, man, that would be kind of crazy, you know, because you got to build off this different community, and you have all these other humans that are still, you know, normal size. You know, because I was sitting there looking like, say, you're you're convincing people to do this, but why aren't y'all doing it? Exactly. <laughs> what's what's up? And um, and at any moment, you know, somebody can just decide. You know what? Because even they, they even touched on that, like the social commentary, because. Um, they were at the bar and one of the patrons was like, you know, you don't have, you don't pay the same taxes we do and all this would makes you so much, so better of a person, you know, like you should have like 
like you feel like you should get the same benefits that we do, even though you're not yep. paying the same in taxes and all that. So basically, regardless of how you live, you're going to have the same problems. Like it's not going to change much. Um, then he meets meets um, Christoph Waltz character, Dusan, and he has these cleaning crew that comes through. Um, one of them played by Hong Chao, played, who plays Nock Lan. I don't know, it was funny, like her character, because he's kind of like a, a country twanged accent. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I don't know, just kind of kind of got stale until they introduced her character, they kind of picked up entertainment wise. But um, but I, I did enjoy the movie overall. Uh, it's a cool watch. Um, you know, it just kind of makes you think. Is this something that scientists could create sometime in the future to where, hey, we can shrink you down and preserve things? But you know, would, would it be a good idea to do it? Considering you know, people that don't do it, they have a lot of they have a, a pretty sizable advantage. You know, there had to be kind of a uniform thing where everybody does it at the same time. Otherwise, otherwise, nah, I wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah, but but it was good. It was a good watch. Cool, man. Um, All right. So trailer wise, nothing really new that hasn't already been released. Just, I guess, additional trailers. Uh, The, I guess, official trailer for Nightmare Alley. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's latest movie that is coming out December 17th uh, dropped as well as <clears throat> the new Adam McKay movie Don't Look Up which I do believe will be starring our past guest Michael Toe in it and as well as every other ho- person in Hollywood apparently it looks like um, that comes out Christmas Eve and then on Netflix, and then uh, for those that are choosing to watch it, uh, the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped, in which I know we had previously discussed that we weren't going to watch. Kind of had no choice. (laughs) I I had a choice, and I still have not watched it. I've only seen... I have only seen what everybody else has posted on social media, so I have I not watched it, and because I have willpower. <laughs> I, mean, I did, I did, but I don't need to see anything else. <laughs> that that went yeah. far. That that showed way too much. I mean, there's no context to it, but it shows more than no. I feel they because like there there was no uh, reason for it. There, there was, was no, no reason for it. They could have kept it at what they had. That even showed too much. <laughs> this supposed just teaser. Done the teaser. Yeah. That it wasn't even a teaser. That still yeah. showed more than you should have known. Yeah. And they should have just left it with that. Yeah, but this one like it's like this day and age of internet. It's sad, man. We can't be even surprised by anything. <laughs> I know. I'm mad. I'm I would mad. love to just sit here like and at watch least- this- at least Ghostbusters, you know, yeah. did a really good job of not showing too much. Yeah. It showed the, and even the, when they released the second trailer with the state, the mini state puffs, that was, I mean, that, that might've been, that might've been a little bit, that might've been the closest thing of showing too much. Yeah. That was more but just, still, it was just, like, it's still just funny. 
Yeah, it's like just funny, but still, you didn't really know. Yeah, it's like Christmas is coming up. We need some new toys. So here, little mini Stay Puffs. (laughs) The kids will love it. (laughs) But um, Funko says a new more characters. So here, yeah, (laughs) do put some Stay Puffs in so Funko could sell more pops. (laughs) Yeah, after watching the trailer, I was just like, man, I should have stuck with not watching it. (laughs) You should have. And that uh, that's probably why you didn't tell me, and I just found out about it. Yeah, <laughs> so I wouldn't be disappointed in you, but I'm not. Uh, but um, but then I was thinking, like, you know how Marvel <laughs> does their thing where they show yeah. in trailers. I'm like, what if the things they show in the trailer were specifically the trailer and nothing that we've? I mean, I, I think it'd be kind of dumb to do that, but I'm like, this is more Sony than Marvel Studios. I'm about to say, but bro, this is Sony. <laughs> yeah, they're not smart I'm like, enough. Yeah, this is more Sony than Marvel Studios because I doubt. Kevin Feige was like, man, he probably said, like, man, I hate Sony. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them. They're they doing too much. They're a bunch of yeah. fools over there. Yeah, it's like, man, it's Spider Man. It's the third, another trilogy. And the, te- the teaser was too much. <laughs> so well, it's it that. <clears throat> and that's kind of like with the new, and I, I know I already talked about this on here. The new Sing trailer shows you the end of the movie. I'm like, well, I don't want to say, well, why am I going to this? Because, I mean, why would I have been going to it in the first place, other if not to take the kids? Yeah. But I'm like, I don't understand. Why not just stick with the trailer they had and just call it yeah. a day? So I think because what they showed kids, in this one. Kids don't like, care. It's several. Care. There's at least two or three scenes in this that seems like the end yeah. of these arcs, basically. It's definitely. Yeah, they're all third. Act, it's a third act trailer is what it is. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> I think my daughter was like, ah. I don't think I want to see this. And um, her reason was because it's just too much singing. <laughs> so I'm like, eh, and a movie called Sing, really? Yeah. Okay. We, the hell we watched the first one, but I think she just, I think she might be kind of out of the aged singing. out of it. Yeah. yeah, aged out of it. Yeah. So, um, right. but, well, um, if you want to take Grayson, you know, you're more than welcome. I mean, I've seen the whole movie now, so I don't have to. Right, watch. pretty much. <laughs> so, oh, for speaking of Sing, I'll, well, you know, we're, talking about it uh this saturday the 27th i know regal is doing a special screening like a i don't want to say a pre-screening but i mean it's essentially because it doesn't come out till christmas mm-hmm. but i know regal is doing an early screening this saturday because i have it written down in my planner because uh, we may be trying to go to that so okay well we'll see but um both kids want to see it so even york is interested um, and he's been subjected to the first one many a time in the in the Batman. <laughs> so he's like, "Wow, this one actually looks good." I'm like, "I think I might want to see this one." I go, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, hmm. yeah, sure." I'm like, "Okay, maybe maybe it'll actually be a good one." I don't know. I, I'll, I'll keep that. you posted. Yep, yeah. I'll keep you posted, man. Oh, bless. Um, so Wednesday we have House of Gucci coming out. Uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, according to IMDb, is still coming out. <laughs> Not pushed to January, as far as I know. Uh, Encanto, Disney's new animated. Uh, so we'll, yeah, we'll go see that. And then Stephen Yu's uh, new movie, The Humans, comes out Thanksgiving also. Uh, 
so that's what we got for your Thanksgiving break movies coming out. I know House of Gucci is gonna. There, I mean, if this isn't a hair and makeup, best hair and makeup picture, I don't know what is. Yeah. As uh, past guest and friend Jackie Cation would say, a basket of haircuts, <laughs> <laughs> wigs and haircuts. So, um, yeah, but I'm sure it'll be good. I really have no interest in seeing it, but I'm obviously going to go see it because the performances look great. But I probably just feel like, okay, yeah, it's this is good, but not really for me. But yeah, but I'll I'll go see it. And I'm pretty sure Joaquin Phoenix's new movie, Come On, Come On, uh, directed by um, the same director. I can't think of his name, but he directed Beginners with uh, Ewan McGregor and Christopher Plummer. No, Christopher. That right oh man why am i drawing a blank today um anyways shot in black and white i believe that came out last week also so i want to try and go see that so see how joaquin the latest joaquin movie that's gotten some good buzz so and gabby hoffman is also it so i hadn't seen her in anything in a while so good to see her and that's about all i got brother wednesday hawkeye Disney and Plus. Hawkeye, most importantly. Yep. Most importantly. Yep. And I think that's all. That's all I got. That's yep. Cool. So we'll have that to talk about, and uh, I'll wrap up Cowboy Bebop this week as well. So just in time to finish talking about that. Probably going to be more of the same from this week, but yeah. yeah. So cool beans. Well, from both of us, uh, we want to wish everybody a happy things, happy and very safe Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, uh, safe travels, you know, don't be in a rush to get anywhere. Yeah. So just get there safely. And uh, hopefully everybody watches some good movies as we get closer to the holiday, you know, you know, Christmas season and uh, end of the year as Patrick and I will be working on our best worst movies of the year. So, dun dun dun. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> all right. Uh, with that, we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.